good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Because all the hippies are trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake and I'm your host, Wakanjahade. Hey, Kadagi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they do. Hey, we got a jam-packed show today. We got uh, State Representative Jessica Hansen on. We got later on in the show, we have State Senator Mary Kunish and along with Wendy Pilot with our Sacred Animal uh, section. And she sent sent us a, a, an awesome clip from New York. Hey, uh, I just want to start off here with uh, welcoming uh, State Representative Jessica Hansen. Got a lot to talk about in this quick, short uh, segment. Welcome to Native Roots Radio. Hi, Robert. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Right on. So, hey, I visited you at the state capitol, saw the big stack of bills and things you were working on. But this one that we're going to be talking about a little bit in the and uh, what's going to be happening here in August uh, is one that you've been working on for day one. Do you want to just fill our audience in and then talk about the celebration that we're about to have? Yes. So I have been a cannabis advocate and activist for, I think, six coming up on seven years now. And this was before it was really being talked about by either of our mainstream uh, two major parties. Right. And we wanted to make sure that the people's voice of Minnesota was heard. And so we organized. We were a very multipartisan, um, multiracial group that came together to build the program that we wanted to see here in Minnesota. We have successfully built what I consider and a lot of people consider to be the best model for full legalization in the nation. And that's something we should be really proud of here in Minnesota. We have home growing um, starting on August 1st this year. Also, um, there is legal possession allowed as of August 1st this year. So you can have two ounces on your person in public. If you're in your car, it needs to be in your trunk, but up to two ounces is allowed to be held in public. Um, and then at home, up to two pounds per adult. And so this is home growing um, product most of the time when folks have that much at home. Um, and you are allowed to have that and you know, see how your botanical green thumb does if you're able to grow at home. There's a lot of great uh, groups, Facebook groups, and other social groups that are forming around how to get started on that if you're interested in that. So I encourage folks to check that out. There's also some resources available at the Minnesota Cannabis College. They're offering some summer school courses about Cannabis Business 101, Growing 101, and some other really great things. And the big thing I wanted to tell you about, I was on a few weeks back and told you that there was going to be a big celebration and I didn't have all the details, but now I do. So on yeah. Tuesday, August 1st, from 5 to 11 p.m., we are going to be having this event at First Avenue. And this is to celebrate the work that we did to legalize cannabis in Minnesota. So go to their website, you can buy tickets. They're very, very affordable. And if you can't afford one, just reach out to me and let me know and we will make sure that you can make it. So it's uh, between five and $10 for the tickets. There will be a whole line of um, music. So you can see on the flyer here, some of the folks who will be joining us. Um, including DJ Espada and Maria Issa Perez Vega will be there as well. And so we have a really jam-packed show. There will be a talking portion of, a, of the program, about 30 minutes from about 6 to 6.30, somewhere in there we're thinking. And so we encourage folks, if you'd like to hear from some of the people who worked on this and some of the staff who supported us, that's what we'll be doing. But I've been waiting all year for this event, so to say I'm excited is an understatement, but I really hope everyone can join us. There are plenty of tickets left and plenty of space. There's vendors you can get to know some really great people too well you know i gotta give you a big congratulations too because i know you've been on the show in the past and we've talked in the past uh and i know like the last cycle and even the cycle before election cycle it seemed like the republicans were trying to get some fake uh legalized pot people to disrupt uh, elections 
And it's good to know that this has been a democratic and along with you, Jessica, uh, force to, to move ahead. And I'm glad that we have done this in a good way. And, you know, this is, this is a medicine for a lot of people out there. And it's not just a recreational uh, kind of thing. There's people, you know, we've heard so many stories over and over again, Jessica, about how this has helped people through things from like uh, chemo and so on. Yeah, and one of the reasons we wanted to make sure that we were a home-growing state is because plant medicine is medicine for so many people, and we wanted to make sure that we protected that because sometimes the way that this plant is grown is not in line with what people are looking to use it for when they're using it for plant medicine. And so when you can grow at home, you can really grow that plant in the way that you need to and you want to and that's right for you. And you know, some people want to grow for that reason at home. Other people don't want to participate in a taxed market, right? And so this allows you to also participate outside of that and grow it yourself too. And, you know, we want to make sure that we're continuing to protect plant medicine. I know there is some news that came out today in Minneapolis, which I think some people are really excited about, but I am looking forward to making sure that we continue those conversations in a more multicultural way and in a way that includes everybody at the table, because decisions like that that are made without um, the people who have been most aff- affected or the people who have been nurturing and caring for this plant for longest really should be at the table. So I'm looking forward to seeing more voices, we'll put it, at the table yeah. as this conversation keeps going forward. I was a bit disappointed um, to see how that kind of rolled out, but um, you know, it's never too late to do the right thing. So I'm hoping that we can get that going. Yeah. And I, I got to just back up a little bit too. Now, I, at one time I heard it was 250 pages, the, the bill, but there's been extensive, <laughs> extensive research and, and things in this bill. It isn't just a, a lily, milly, or is that how you say that? Milly, lily, or, uh, you know, and just thrown together. There's been a lot of research, right? Yeah, we studied the models in the other legal states to see what they did wrong, what they did right, what did we want to incorporate, what did we not want to incorporate. This um, per, this movement from the beginning has been founded in justice, making sure that we are righting the wrongs of our past and also setting up the future for a reparative future. And what does that mean and what does that look like? So things like our Can Renew Fund is a fund that I encourage nonprofits and people doing community work to improve social determinants of health, that they, they look to this because they're will be grants available there to continue to help uh, recover and heal in some of the communities that have been most harmed. Uh, We have other grant programs all over Minnesota, but this is specifically a brand new one that um, the Office of Cannabis Management will be um, have under their umbrella and will be managing. And so this is the most exciting part for me, at least, is that we have successfully built this on a platform that we were told we would never get it on. So I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces. That's awesome. Jessica, you're a doer and always have been. And I appreciate what, uh, what else do you got? Well, before we get go, before I ask you that, because we only got like a minute and a half left, let everybody know again about August uh, 1st, one more time. And then I'll uh, jibber jabber with you for uh, the last 30 seconds. Yes. So Tuesday, August 1st at uh, First Avenue from 5 to 11 p.m., we will be having the Legalized It event with a number of different DJs and musical performers. You don't want to miss this. There will be a surprise musical performer and possibly a few guest appearances from folks that you may want to see. So make sure you get your tickets. They're affordable, available on the First Avenue's um, website. If you just type in Legalized It First Avenue in Google, it will bring up as the first link. I really like that tease. Oh, that was a good one. Hey, you're a doer. So what else is up next here uh, when the uh, session resumes next year? What else you got cooking? Yeah, I mean, it's a little early to tell, but, you know, we want to continue to make sure that Minnesota is the best place to live, work, and raise a family. We want to continue to make sure that our kids are safest at school and make sure that they are being given a world that we can be proud to leave for them and continue to build the word for, world for their grandchildren and everybody thereafter. We do have to remember that the elections are going to be next year, and we are on the precipice of being able to really secure a just and equitable future because every vote counts and every vote matters. So I hope whoever's thought about going out for office or running for office consider this the first time you've been asked think about it look into it get involved in the local campaign early and those are the first steps we can start taking 
Wow. Thank you, State Representative Jessica Hansen. Uh, up next, State Senator uh, Mary Kunish. Thanks, State Representative. Uh, awesome segment. We'll see you, and congratulations, and we'll see you, the, if not before, on the 1st. We'll be right back after this short message. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And, and some, some of us are your grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live and and let howl. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. We have families waiting for a car. You know, over 85% of unemployed are successful in finding and keeping a job if they have dependable transportation. A car plus a job equals a life changed. 612-919-5526. We have families waiting for a car. 919-5526 or autotech.org. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Yes, they do. And uh, we've been uh, happy to have them support us over the years. And uh, it's just an excellent, excellent organization. Uh, wow. Uh, so, Haley, uh, are you excited for August 1st? Uh, I know you know friends that, you know, partake and, oh. and whatnot. <laughs> oh, wow. My friends, yes. I think everyone is very excited who partakes in <laughs> this activity. Um, yeah, I did not know about the First Avenue event. So, on the little commercial break, I'm over here looking it up on their website, but it looks <laughs> to be pretty fun. So that tu- so August 1st, that will be on a Tuesday. Oh, so, yes. Just a little sure. reminder about that in case. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, you don't really get hangovers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so people no. don't have to worry about it the next day. Right, exactly. Hey, we got State Senator Mary Kunish on. Um, let's uh, welcome her. Uh, great to see you, State Senator. We just had uh, State Representative Jessica Hansen on talking about uh, the big First Avenue uh, party that's going to be happening August 1st in uh, regards to the legalization of uh, marijuana in Minnesota. So good to have you on and uh, always good to, to see you and uh, uh, welcome to Native Ritz Radio. No, wonderful. Yeah, that uh, that celebration for the legalization or for rec- that recreation of uh, marijuana is um, it's going to be a big one. And I think it's going to be celebrated across the state as well. I was at a conference this week and um, uh, there was a other legislator from Washington state and uh, he was talking about the incredible bill, the legislation that passed here in Minnesota, and what a great job that that we did at the legislator, legislature. But, you know, we'd been working on that for, poof, 
you know, seven years, the seven years I've been in the legislature, we have been uh, working on fine tuning and, uh, you know, putting together the best, most safe, most uh, equitable legislation that that could be possible. And that entailed going out into a Minnesota, into a lot of communities and talking to folks about, um, you know, what are their thoughts on it? And so it really was uh, developed through the the people of Minnesota. But um, I think we that at the end of the day, it was an ex- exceptional bill. Yeah. And that's what uh, State Representative Hansen was saying, too, that it's probably the best bill in the country. And I know you and I have talked about this at I don't remember, but it was like 250 page long. I mean, it was something like that, right? Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was very comprehensive. Let's put it yeah. that way. I, I, it. It had. We looked under every rock. We addressed every issue possible. We looked at what worked in the other states that had already legalized it. What didn't work and really tried to to do it the best way uh, right off the bat. And, you know, that bill had to go through almost every single committee in the in the state legislature. Wow. You know, if, if there is a education part of it, they wanted education to look at it. If it was, you know, economic development, judiciary, I mean, like every committee, taxes. And so it was heard, you know, Oh, I bet over 20 times in wow. this last session alone. And a lot of questions were were posed and uh, not everybody agreed with, with going ahead with this. But at the end of the day, I think that uh, Minnesotans were ready for it. Wow. Do you, you know, that makes me think of a question. Do you know of any other bill since you've been uh, either a representative or state senator that's had that much uh, scrutiny? So that sounds like a lot of, lot of tw- over 20 uh, hearings or different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of any quite to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and when you, you know, when you think about it, it, it's going to affect every, everything. It's going to have its fingerprint on everything in our, in our, in our state, in our communities. You know, yeah. when you look at. I said education, right. healthcare, um, you Tax. know, policing, taxes, because you know there will be taxes charged on these on on the um, cannabis, and then economic development is was mm-hmm. such an important part of it, and I'm really glad to say that uh, the authors of the bill and the legislators that worked so hard on it for all of these years. Um, uh, you know, wanted to make sure that it was the communities, the uh, business people that have been left out for mm-hmm. so long, right. um, got the first bite at the of the apple, right? And mm-hmm. um, I think uh, I, I, just the other the other week we we heard that Red Lake um, they're right. ready to <clears throat> legal or they're. They voted to legalize their recreational marijuana and begin selling it both tribal and non-tribal members um, starting August 1st. And that's going to be a huge uh, economic boon to to so many of the the tribes and the the disenfranchised. So I'm curious myself, and I'll be watching all of this to see how it plays out. So do they have to have a compact with the state in order to do that or how, or are they just selling it on their sovereign land? Well, I believe they have had to um, have that agreement and understanding with the state. Mm-hmm. And I think they would have been able to launch their, um, their program a lot earlier uh, if it had, because they, if I'm not mistaken, they have been also producing medical marijuana, yeah. but um, it, they weren't able to transport it, um, mm. and so yeah. uh, that was the big, the big hang-up. And wow. because um, the um, uh, the law doesn't go into effect till August first, 
Mm -hmm. um, they had to wait for that. So, you know, they're, they're, um, they're ready to go. And um, they're hoping that, you know, not only will they be able to have some economic investment in their community, but they're hoping that it'll work to help against the opioid epidemic. Mm. And um, a lot of the money that is going to be, you know, gleaned from this is is going to go towards substance abuse prevention and, um, you know, rehabilitation of those sort of things. Wow, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. And uh, that's uh, a thing I guess uh, tribes all over the country should look at, too, because uh, we yeah. have friends all over all over the country. And I think the only way to really make a lot of money is going from seed to dispensary. And I think, like you said, they're, they're doing, they've been doing, uh, uh, medical marijuana. So now they're, they're ready to go. And that's, that's exciting to hear. Yeah. And, you know, they have, you know, they've been under scrutiny. And so they're the, the, um, marijuana that the, the tribes cultivate already, you know, have that high, high quality of standard, and mm -hmm. it's safe, you know, for a long time. Um, marijuana has been coming from who knows where, and right. um, it's being laced with all kinds of stuff. Right. Well, we know that this is safe to to uh, use. And, um, you know, the fact that just and as you mentioned, I do believe there was compact that was negotiated um, with our state administrator that there's going to be a lot of you know, oversight, especially in the beginning, because um, we want to make sure that that harm is not done. Well, that's a really good point that I forgot and didn't think of is that, you know, we've been hearing lately too, marijuana has been laced with fentanyl and killing people. Yeah. So that's a mm -hmm. super good point because you know where you're yeah. getting this stuff. It isn't from, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry in the alley like it was when I was a kid. I heard, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or growing it out, you know, growing yeah. it out in the backyard or whatever. Yeah, and I think that's going to make a big difference, um, uh, the fact that we will now be able to track and trace any of the really harmful chemicals that might be put into uh, marijuana going down the road and um, hopefully yeah. avoid some of these really harmful issues and, and the addictions. Wow. Yeah. And I know, um, you, you know, a lot of people, and we talked a little bit to uh, State Representative Han Hansen, that uh, a lot of people have to use this for medicine. We've, we've heard so many times that, uh, you know, our relatives have gone through chemo or things that can't sleep or eat, and it's really helped. Yeah, there are a lot of medicinal reasons for marijuana, um, pain relief, you know, uh, one. So when we did go around Minnesota, I went on a bunch of those um, those little road trips to listen. And uh, I think I've mentioned this before. It wasn't the young kids that were, you know, the, the 20 year olds coming out and saying, yeah, man, make it legal. <laughs> um, it was it was a lot of veterans and it was a lot of elderly folks, um, the veterans that um, struggle with PTSD. Uh, yeah. marijuana and especially good quality marijuana really has made a difference depression um it addresses that and then of course chronic pain so uh i think that we will see um the benefits of of legalizing marijuana but um in a good way right on hey we got state senator mary kunish for another uh segment you are listening to native roots radio presents i'm awake stay with us Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at spps.org slash careers. JS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. 
City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. You hear a lot about Rudy Luther Toyota's hybrid cars, but maybe you're asking yourself, are they worth it? Let me say from experience, absolutely. I have a Toyota Sienna hybrid, and the proof is in the gas tank. Before my hybrid, I was filling up my tank once a week. Now it's consistently every two weeks. I did the math, and my hybrid is saving me over $1,000 every year. And the Toyota hybrids are some of the most stylish and comfortable vehicles you'll ever drive. Now's the time to get a Toyota hybrid. Set up a time to test drive one today at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. July is the annual storewide sale at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Come see our diverse selection of wood, gas, or electric fireplace products for indoor and outdoor living. And right now, Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces can assure you the best price of the season on every product in the store. Let Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces help you choose and experience the joy of sitting by a fire. Summer is a great time to install your fireplace. You can find your perfect fireplace and have it installed and ready before the cold weather hits again. If you already have a wood fireplace, consider a fireplace insert. Come and see the entire selection at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces on East Franklin and Riverside in Minneapolis. They will create a fireplace that works for you. Efficient, clean burning, and environmentally smart. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, since 1977, out of the ordinary products and services to make fire work for you. Hey, AM950 listeners, my name is JP Darbogosian, and I'm the host of This Queer Book Save My Life, the show where LGBTQ guests share the queer books that save their lives in conversation with the authors who wrote them. This Sunday, it's a crossover episode with the delightfully queer pop culture podcast, The Sewers of Paris with Matt Baum. I hope you queer folks and allies can join us as we find connection in this mysterious and beautiful queer world of ours. See you every Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, I'm Rachel Shamblot. My dad is Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. A lot of people are afraid of the dentist, but you don't have to be. My dad makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. He won't be mad if you haven't seen a dentist in a long time. He just wants to take care of you and your teeth. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Shamblot Family Dentistry in Hopkins and St. Paul. Find them online at shamblotfamilydentistry.com or call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Hardly cloudy tonight with a low of 62, then a chance of showers and thunderstorms on Saturday with a high of 86. Fill the hot summer nights with the hottest music in the Twin Cities at Crooner Supper Club in Fridley. Crooners is located just north of I-694 off Highway 65. View their schedules and food menus at croonersloungemn.com. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we're here with States, uh, State Senator Mary Kunish, and we were talking a little bit. I want to uh, finish up on, on our discussion about uh, marijuana here in uh, Red Lake. And Haley has a question, uh, uh, State Senator. Yes. So I was talking, well, Arvina Martin from Emerge Wisconsin was hosting uh, this past Tuesday, and we were talking about this also. But with Red Lake, how does that I mean, does the res, do they have like a plan um, to protect the community and the children with so many people coming on the reservation to purchase this? Or is it, do you think there's going to be that much foot traffic for that? Um, I would imagine that there would be more traffic, especially let's say during the summertime when folks are up at their cabins and that sort of thing. Um, and, and I, that's a really good question. I haven't really, um, asked about that, but I'm going to, um, think that that was part of their plan and that the dispensaries will be, you know, in locations that are going to hopefully not have a negative impact on the communities might meet more people on the 
on the reservations, but, um, you know, Red Lake has always been really careful about monitoring who's on the land and, and, and what's going on. And so I would imagine that this would just um, make them step it up a little bit. Would they, Mary, would they have a dispensary in the cities or does it have to stay in Red Lake? I, no, I'm a little I think confused. They, yeah, I think they can do off, um, off reservation. I was going to say campus, but off <laughs> uh, reservation as well. So yes, they could, um, they could have them in a couple of different places, um, uh, depending where they, they find it to be the best location. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get Red Lake on and, uh, ask them and, uh, we'll have to do yeah. that. I, I mean, Red Lake is so big. I suppose mm -hmm. they could even just put it around the perimeters, um, and be able to, you know, supply the, the, um, needs that folks are, are asking. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, marijuana is a historic, historic, historic uh, plant. It's been around forever and, mm -hmm. of course, been used for uh, so many different ways by our ancestors. And it wasn't until, you know, again, the white people come around and say, oh, this is mind altering. So we have to we have to shut it down. Um, but I think it's just really important that, um, we acknowledge the fact that, that, um, the right of our, our tribal governments to regulate their own can cannabis industries. Mm -hmm. And, um, just, it's going to, it's going to, I think it'll help in a, in so many ways for our, right. for our tribes, especially in Indian country. Yep. Well, and, you know, ca casinos can only do so much and there's so much s saturation. So, I mean, it's good for them to to uh, work on their uh, development. Uh, and uh, the the one of the producers, I can't remember who's working today at the mothership, but he, he said that he heard that Red Lake was looking at opening dispensaries in Warwood and Thief, Thief River Falls, too. So that's, that's kind of around the perimeter, as you were saying, State Senator. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are still on the reservation. Yep. So, hey, uh, I always got a, a, you know, we were on vacation, Wendy and I, and she's still in New York right now for another week or so. And uh, we kind of had our, uh, our, uh, our honeymoon again because it was our anniversary uh, a couple weeks ago. And she always tells me, and I mentioned this yesterday too to our, uh, one of our guests, is that Ask Mary what she wants to talk about. So, Mary, I, the floor is yours. What would you like to talk about? We were just, like, interested seeing that Jessica was on, what you had to say about uh, the marijuana being legalized here and whatnot. Yeah. What do I want to talk <laughs> about? <laughs> Gosh, um, I'm really excited. I had a meeting yesterday with um, a handful of people and executive director of the MMIR office, uh, Juliet Rudy, around the license plate, the MMIR okay. license plate uh, that I think should be out um, by the, you know, at the beginning of the year, it'll be ready for let me look if I have in my notes when, oh yeah, January 1st, those wow. plates should be available. And um, we're working on the design of the plate. Mm. Of course, we want it to um, be clear what it what the message is, um, right. but also, you know, be symbolic. So, um, and for those of, that, of you that don't know what I'm talking about, um, I passed legislation this year to create a specialty license plate here in Minnesota to recognize um, the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives Movement. And um, so that got, that past this session. Uh, I know that our many lawmakers do not like to all these specialty license plates out there, but mm. this one was really important and um, it was it was uh, it was a no-brainer, should we say. Right. Um, but uh, so people pay a fee for your license plates, right? Mm -hmm. And um, a good chunk of that fee is going to go into the missing and murdered indigenous relatives permanent office. Mm -hmm. And um, we also established a uh, reward fund within the office. And mm -hmm. um, my hope with the reward fund would be to um, help 
the office work on cold cases, um, to offer rewards for information, um, mm -hmm. and do the work that, you know, the investigatory work and, and the work that they need to do. So uh, the license plate, those dollars will actually go back into that office and hopefully help sustain that office. It's, you know, one of my biggest fears is that it would go away, even though I've been told time and time again, it's not going anywhere. Um, you just never know when, when, you know, when the majority or the power changes, um, oftentimes things are kind of pushed aside. So those two pieces of legislation are, I'm really, really excited about. Yesterday was the last day for folks to apply for, uh, to be on the commission to um, decide on our new state flag and state oh. emblem. So that was on the Secretary of State's um, page. And uh, we went through and noticed that there were um, some groups were kind of thin in the applicants, the number of applicants. So we put out word to a bunch of different uh, unique groups. And I think mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, there's there's quite a um, strong interest in being part of that. Uh, and, it, you know, so we have, we wanted somebody from, of course, the American Indian community, the Latinx community, community the African-American, um, uh, all of the, our, our um, groups, but also the general public. And I took a look right. through and at all the names, there were a lot of people that applied um, <laughs> to be on that, that committee. So uh, we should have that done. Um, nobody you know, asked me, nobody oh. asked me, they, they would probably, you know, know that I want just to, to say land back on it. Right. <laughs> uh, I could have sworn I sent you a text to say, hey, we need people, but I, that might have been up here and not on my, my uh, fingertips. Um, <laughs> but uh, this time next year, we'll have a new emblem and a new um, flag to be wailing around. Uh, yeah. So those are some of the exciting things that that we've been doing here in Indian country. I think I don't know if, if uh, Representative Hansen told you, but uh, a few weeks ago at the White Earth, no, was it? I think it was White Earth um, powwow. They invited all of us legislators up to the powwow and and recognized us up there. And it was the first time that all of us um, had gotten together in one place, like one powwow. Usually, wow. one of us is here, or two of us is there, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But the lieutenant governor was there, and uh, we four legislators were there. Um, uh, Representative Hansen came up to support, and mm -hmm. it was just really a moving, moving um, experience. And so, again, um, thank you for inviting us up there and, and acknowledging us. And um, you got a but nice, it's uh, still powwow season. Yeah, you got a nice uh, blanket, too. I saw that. I like that picture. Oh, my gosh, yes. They gave us all, um, they gifted us all a, um, a star quilt, which wow. is, you know, I know. I know it was really moving. It was very moving. I was not expecting that at all, um, but it was good to be up there and to see the people that I knew and meet a lot of new people and, mm -hmm. um, you know, acknowledge the good work that we're all doing uh, at the legislature. You know, I'm I'm always in awe, um, mm -hmm. especially the last few years, how many of our uh, native folks and leaders are showing up at the legislature. Mm. And, you know, talking about the issues that are really important to them, but also just to be there and to be listening at the different committees and uh, staying up to date on what's happening. I, I think, you know, for generation after generation, there wasn't that kind of um, connection with the tribes. Yeah. In fact, they probably were not welcome and, and, you know, given the evil eye if they showed up certainly not encouraged to be a part of it, let alone all these compacts and agreements. Um, and so uh, it, it's just been really encouraging these last couple of years to to see that that um, our tribal community feels like that's now their place to be. They have well, the right to be there and are happy to speak. And we all know why. We have representation. We have you. We have uh, three other uh lawmakers and a lieutenant governor uh we mm -hmm. are 
uh, people are jealous of all the great work that uh, Minnesota's been been doing, but also in Indian country, it's well known. We're very well mm -hmm. uh, situated, and you all talk about it's a place where we're normally not uh, welcomed, and uh, we are welcomed because you guys are there. Yeah, it's... You know, we've just been able to educate uh, legislators and staff members and the public on so many of the issues that 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 plague our communities. I mean, sometimes they're just little issues like letting kids who are graduating wear an right. eagle feather on their graduation cap. We had to legislate that, um, you know, allowing students to wear their sacred tobacco in their tobacco pouches, you know, under their shirt. That right. was not allowed, right. you know, camping tobacco on campus. Right. Uh, and I, I think the great, the growing awareness and acceptance of um, religious and spiritual practices is, is, you know, really blooming uh, across the world. And just as, you know, we have made it uh, available for places for our, our Muslim folks to go and pray during the day. Um, now our students can smudge during the day if the school can put something together. So big changes, right. good changes. Right on. And uh, I got to say thank you for uh, serving and being on our show. Uh, it's always great listening to what you have to say. We'll see you next week. This is Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. Up next, Wendy Pilot with our Sacred Animal section. ho -wa. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Your neighbors are talking about the Blue Line Extension, connecting North Minneapolis, Crystal, Robbinsdale, and Brooklyn Park to the light rail transit system. I feel like a lot of times people, when they think about transit, it's like, well, it, it's a bus, it's a train, it's whatever. But it, it really isn't. It's a lifeline for many communities, and it feels like something that we really need here. Hear more of this story and others at yourblueline.org. The Powderhorn Art Fair is returning to Powderhorn Park to celebrate its 32nd anniversary, August 5th and 6th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. each day. The fair will feature a vibrant and diverse selection of art from over 150 exhibiting artists from across the country. Whether you're just starting an art collection or a seasoned buyer, they'll have the perfect piece for you. Plus, there's more. Immersive art installations offer fairgoers a chance to explore interactive experiences that transport them into an artist's vision. In addition to all the fantastic art, over a dozen food vendors serving up sweet and savory delights will be ready for you and other hungry fairgoers. A family zone will offer creative activities for kids of all ages and entertainment each day. The fair and activities are free to attendees. Make plans to head to Powderhorn Park on August 5th and 6th. Learn more at PowderhornArtFair.com. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. You know, I never hear our dogs howl. You know, our chihuahuas howled all the time. Um, Mickey and Poncho howled. All we'd have to do is start howling, and they'd howl, howl along with us, but... Wanda don't yeah. howl. She don't play. Sadie doesn't either. <laughs> That's crazy. It must be a, a McKee thing. Oh, hey. Um, so uh, I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy has sent us a, a segment from New York, and I can't wait to hear it. It's Fun Facts Friday with Wendy Pilot. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. Thank you, Robert. 
that means cares for them. And I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level, and it's always my pleasure to do that. And today is Friday, so we're going to be talking about some animal facts. Some are um, fun facts and some are serious facts. So let's start off with a fun fact. And I think I talked about this uh, on the show once before, but it's really funny. I came across it again in my uh, reading online. But here's a fun fact. A puffer fish. Puffer fish is a fish that goes around, lives in the ocean, But when it's um, attacked or instigated, it puffs up like a ball. And what it does, it it releases toxins um, to scare off and to poison other predators. But here's the really funny thing is, uh, dolphins are not uh, affected in that same way. It actually gets them high. So the toxin that the puffer puffer fish releases, the doc, the uh, dolphins get high. And so dolphins have been known to purposely inflate the puffer fish and pass them around to their dolphin friends for fun and to get high. And I think that's a really um, funny fact. I'd like to see that in person. Um, it's getting really hot and we're having hot heat waves all over the United States Um, Up in the Midwest here next week, we're going to be in the upper 90s, and it's really going to be hot and humid. So um, I came across a couple of articles here on signs of a heat stroke, and this is for your dog. Uh, So heavy panting, lack of coordination, difficulty breathing, vomiting, profuse salivation, heat thirst, Um, or excessive thirst, uh, lethargy, and fever. So those are all the signs of a heat stroke for your dog. But I also read something else, and I didn't know this. So if you have an overheated dog that is is showing any of those signs, uh, the first instinct I would say for me would be to get some cold water and throw it over your dog and put wet towels all over their back. But if you do that, you will see the opposite effect. Due to the cold, the veins contract, and due to the high temperatures, it says here above 42 degrees, so that's Celsius, that would be over 107 degrees Fahrenheit. The proteins in the blood clot, which makes the blood thick and viscous. Uh, Due to the combination of the two, the heat can no longer, the heart, I'm sorry, the heart can no longer get the blood and the organs fail one by one due to lack lack of oxygen. The result is a very slow but painful death. So um, if you try to help an overheated dog, this is the way uh, to do it. Um, First, give lukewarm water to drink. Uh, then cool the soles of the feet and chest and lower abdomen with a wet, damp towel. Um, then put the dog in the shade on the damp towel. So this is really important information if you have a dog. You know, I, I, Robert, we're out and about walking in these hot days, and I see people still running with their dogs. Um on hot black top, and it's really important not to to do that in these in these hot uh, temperatures. You know, a lot of people think, well, my dog, he's just running just fine. Your dog's going to follow you wherever you go. Um, your dog will follow you and then just drop dead. So really be careful um, with your dogs out there uh, and your cats too if they go outside. Um, our cat, Lucy, we let her out for a little while in the backyard um, only when we're there she's never not supervised and she's an older cat and just thinking about her I'm I'm thinking about what is her human human equivalent age Um, so I found a chart and it's pretty interesting so here's a kitten so a kitten is zero to six months old 
Um, and the human equivalent is one year to 10 years, a kitten. Yeah, I was um, surprised to hear that. A junior cat is seven months old to two years, and their human equivalent age is 12 years to 24 years. That's a junior cat. An adult cat is three years to six years old, and the human equivalent age is 28 to 40 years old. Okay, now we're getting into middle age here. Okay, so a mature cat is seven to 10 years old, and the human equivalent age is 44 to 56 years old. Uh, a senior cat, which is 11 to 14 years old, their human equivalent age is 60 to 72 years old. Now, our cat Lucy is 17 years old, so she's considered a super senior. So a super senior is 15 years and beyond. So right here it says, if your cat is 17 years old, their human equivalent age is 84 years old. So our little Lucy is 84 years old. Wow. Um, she's still doing good. She's, she's hanging in there. Um, you know, people know that she has kidney failure. She's had kidney failure for a couple of years now, at least two years. Uh, Robert and I um, were giving her I, um, subcutaneous fluids um, to hydrate her and hydrate her kidneys, and that helps her kidney function. Uh, Lucy is, is a really smart cat, so when Robert and I would start to um, <laughs> get the bag and the, the equipment and needles out that we needed to do this, she would hide, and she was... We'd have to wrap her in a towel, and she was really getting to be hard to handle. So now we bring her to the vet every week, and she gets subcutaneous fluids, but um, she's doing really great. She's um, stable. We're happy to hear that. But Lucy, who is 17 years old, human equivalent years is 84 years. So Robert, we hope to keep her healthy for a few more years. And um, with that, I will give it back to Robert. Hey, Peeny Gigi, thanks, Wendy, so much uh, for these fun fact Fridays. Uh, miss you, and uh, I want to thank uh, State Representative uh, Jessica Hansen for being on, and of course, uh, Minnesota State Senator Mary Kunish. If you're still, if you're listening to this show, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops, the ground on which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, and vote. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Now.